Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we're looking at an article that was written by Jeffrey R. Holland, who's a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is titled, Choose the Lord and His Prophet. And of course, the context is implying here that his prophet at this writing is Russell M. Nelson. This article begins on page 5 in the June 2022 edition of the Leahona magazine. Now, what we brought out so far is that there's not a whole lot of unique things that any prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints really has to say for us. A lot of the really unique teachings that got the ball rolling in Mormonism were said by people like Joseph Smith, of course, and Brigham Young, perhaps John Taylor, and maybe Wilford Woodruff, the first four presidents who were alive during the 19th century Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Since that time, there has not been a lot of unique teachings that have been brought forth. Many times it's a rehash of things that have been said previously, many times from their written scriptures, which would be the standard works, which of course is the King James Version of the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. Even in this article, Jeffrey Holland is not really telling us a lot of things that are new. They are things that have been said for a long, long time. For instance, when he says on page 7, When men say unto us, You are not like us, we reply, We know it. We do not want to be, said President John Taylor, John Taylor being the third president of the church. Now, Eric, wouldn't you say that you would have that similar attitude when people come up to you as a Christian and they say, you are not like us? Wouldn't you respond very similarly? We know it. We do not want to be. And I hope that any professing Christian takes Jesus seriously enough in their life that they want to be a peculiar people, and that's what we are supposed to be in the New Testament, that they would not want to emulate the world. Now, there are some people out there professing to be Christian that certainly don't see that same attitude. There are heretics out there like Rob Bell and a Jen Hatmaker that think we have to be like the world in order to gain the world. I think that philosophy is seriously flawed because If we become like the world, they have no need to change at all. We've done all of the changing, and we become more like them. I don't think that is the goal that a Christian should have. Certainly, it's not the goal that is expressed in the New Testament. But Jeffrey Holland goes on in that paragraph to say, and he's still citing third president John Taylor, who said, we want to be like the Lord. We want to secure his favor and approbation and to live under his smile and to acknowledge as ancient Israel did on a certain occasion, the Lord is our God, our judge and our king, and he shall reign over us. I would hope 
that would be the goal of every professing New Testament Christian. We want to be like the Lord. Are we going to be 100% successful in that? I doubt it. This is why we have repentance to get us back on track of how we should behave as believers. Mormonism, I don't think, would deny that at all. They have that same kind of an idea. It's just they define repentance differently than we would. And this, I think, is part of the moralism that is part of Mormonism, because salvation doesn't come by just grace alone, that the works are going to be necessary to get exaltation in the celestial kingdom. You have to basically keep the commandments of God continually. In Christianity, we keep the commandments. We do what God asks us to do in the Bible because we love him. And because of what he's done for us first, it's a response. And Mormonism is not just a response, it's a requirement. You're right. And what you've just cited basically is what Paul was trying to get across in Ephesians 2.10. We often cite Ephesians 2.8 and 9, by grace we are saved through faith, but then we are created unto good works. And how many times have we emphasized on this show and when we speak in public, Eric, that We shouldn't leave off verse 10. I think verse 10 should be just as important as the first part. We want to live a life which gives glory to the one who has saved us from our sins. So we are created unto good works. It's just that we do not believe that those good works get us any more forgiven than the justification we already have when we put our faith in what Christ did for us. Well, at the end of this section, Jeffrey Holland goes on to say, by revelation... The Lord commands us to lay aside the things of this world and seek for the things of a better. And he cites Doctrine and Covenants, section 25, verse 10. Now, when I read that, I couldn't help but think, are you really telling me, Mr. Holland, that what your living mortal prophet has to say about laying aside the things of this world and and seek for the things of a better world is better said by your leaders than what we find in the book of Hebrews chapter 11? I mean, when we read Hebrews chapter 11, we see all those examples of great men and women of the Old Testament who have lived this life of faith and how God blessed them in that life. But yet in chapter 12, verse 1, the writer says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside—notice that's the same phrase that Jeffrey Holland cited from D&C 25. So what we have here is Joseph Smith just merely cribbed that from Hebrews 11. He says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do this? He says in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Again, Nothing really unique in what Jeffrey Holland is saying here. We don't need modern revelation as they understand it to tell us that we should lay aside the things of the world. We have those marching orders, you might say, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. But then he goes on, For though we live in a confused, contentious, and commotion-filled world because of divine direction— We need not, quote, live without God in the world. 
and he's citing from Mosiah 27.31. Do we need the Book of Mormon to tell us that? Don't we get that same kind of instruction from the New Testament? We most certainly do. Again, we're not seeing anything that's all that unique. If it is unique, I could guarantee you there's probably something wrong with it. If it has anything to do with your salvation, and they're saying you have to do something outside of what the New Testament talks about, you're running into some problems here. And this is all about the restoration. This is about the great apostasy, because when he says, because of divine direction, we need not live without God in the world, when he cites from Mosiah chapter 27, he's talking about Latter-day Saints, who have this restored gospel, and it's given through prophets, according to the church, and that's where he's going to lead us in the next section, titled, The Way to Safety. He says, having served in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for nearly three decades, I can testify that the wise men who lead the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have a grasp of moral and social issues exceeding that of any think tank or brain trust on earth. Our lives, travel, and breadth of background gives us a view of the world that few others experience. What do you think of that, Bill? What I think of that is it doesn't sound like a very humble comment coming from Jeffrey R. Holland. I mean, to give the the implication that these men have a grasp of moral and social issues exceeding that of any think tank or brain trust on earth. Okay, let me go back to Joseph Smith. Could you put Joseph Smith in that category? Do you think Joseph Smith had a grasp of moral and social issues exceeding that of any think tank or brain trust on earth? Joseph Smith had a lot of moral problems. The only thing is is that Joseph Smith camouflaged it by saying God told him to behave this way. But let's say Jeffrey R. Holland was to emulate the behavior of a Joseph Smith. Do you think modern Latter-day Saints would look at Jeffrey R. Holland as grasping moral and social issues in a way that no one else can possibly grasp that? Of course not. But you see, Joseph Smith had to somehow excuse his horrible behavior by saying, well, God told me to do this. And you know why people follow people like that? And, and it's only because they are either ignorant of what the Bible says about these issues, or they're gullible. I don't know what other reason there would be, but it seems like you would have to be in one of those two categories to listen to someone who does these things. I, I'm thinking of, and I think probably most people are thinking of when you're talking, the polygamy issue that Joseph Smith participated and the church admitted to in the Gospel Topics essays, 30 to 40 wives that he had, a third of whom were teenagers, a third of whom were married to living husbands. If Jeffrey R. Holland were to do that today, he would be in jail. He would not be looked upon as being a moral leader who is exceeding any think tank or brain trust on earth. They would call him a pervert. Well, you give, you give a good example here, Eric. Do you think most Latter-day Saints, if Russell M. Nelson were to come up with that all of a sudden and say, God told me that I could take on another wife here, and he started doing that and violating what past leaders had said, do you think that even modern members of the church would go along with that? I would venture to say that most probably would not. And most Latter-day Saints, I think 
down deep bothers them when they hear about Joseph Smith. In fact, one of the biggest reasons why we find people leaving the church, there are a number of them with those gospel topics essays, but I'm going to say a lot of women that we've talked to, it's abhorrent for them to consider the idea that Joseph Smith was married to all these women and doing things that no righteous man should do. Well, when he says that they have this grasp of moral and social issues exceeding that of any think tank or brain trust on earth, you know, I read a lot of material from some of the better thinkers, in my opinion, in the United States. I, I, I look at guys like Thomas Sowell, for instance, who is just amazing in some of the things that he comes up with. I can't imagine a Jeffrey Holland or even a Russell M. Nelson coming up with anything as deep as these guys. And if they are such great thinkers, why is it nobody outside of the church bothers to ask their opinion? I don't see them being on a lot of these panels to solve the world problems. Nobody talks to them about these things. And I don't really hear them offering anything really to their own people about these things. But yet Jeffrey Holland is going to come up with this list later on, and we're going to go through that list to make it sound like Russell M. Nelson has contributed a lot of unique ideas that have helped the church. And I, I just don't agree with Holland on these. I think he's really padding Russell M. Nelson's resume. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this article, Choose the Lord and His Prophet by Jeffrey R. Holland. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.